The Right Time with Bomani Jones is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast, the Dominique Foxworth Show. Twice a week, Dominique brings you his unique perspective on sports, the personalities surrounding it, and just about anything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out the Dominique Fosworth Show wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Uh, my voice is, is getting there. Like, this is one of the mornings where I woke up 10 minutes ago, baby. Yo, and let me <laughs> tell the people about this. We got a lot of NBA stuff to talk about along, of course, with the NBA Finals. But, uh... My man, Charlie Kravitz, hit me up yesterday and was like, hey, you want to record with Fox after the game? And I'm like, all right, I'll do this. Now, keep in mind, the last time I agreed to do this, Dominique <laughs> ain't show up. <laughs> I mean, my Bruno, bad, I Bruno Mars was calling. Yeah, my bad. I'm at the Preakness. I thought I told y'all. Anyway, um, so this meant after the game. And let me tell you how they, how they got you, boy, right? They exploited my relatively good mood. I was like, yo, how long you need? Because I didn't realize it was for debatable. I thought it was just for your podcast. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I get no, a note packet. I'm like, whoa, this is a little more than I thought I was doing, baby. And so I was like, how long you need? He's like, 30, but we could get you out in 20. I looked up at one point. I was like, ain't no way in hell they about to let us get out of here after this point. And it's my fault. And they're jibber-jabbering and laughing. And it was good, though. It was good fun. We had yes. a good time. It was. So, like... We are actually recording Foxworth Friday on Friday. We had the opportunity to actually watch the basketball game. And, I mean, you really don't want to overreact necessarily, but that appeared to be teams of two different calibers. <laughs> I was trying to think back over the um, heat, other Heat series and see if I could find a game where they just got shellacked like that before and then came back to win the series. It ain't happened. Like they played other teams that were more talented than them, but they hadn't played a team that was both much more talented than them and also uh, playing with that chip on the shoulder and like much, much more talented than them. Because <laughs> like there's there's one layer to the Bucks. That second layer is a little <laughs> bit of trouble. I mean, it's in a little bit of trouble. And the Celtics are incredibly inconsistent. And I'm sorry, Knicks, y'all not in this conversation just yet. No, but. I just watched Jokic dominate for a long time and be like, I don't believe he's taking a shot. Mm. He was just standing there like when your pops is on a team. It's like like when a teacher is on a team and they're students. I'm yeah. just going to stand here at the old man elbow and I am just going to drop the ball off for people unfailingly, painstakingly, and there will be nothing you can do. Yeah, it's, if you show up to practice and only nine people show up, it's time to <laughs> scrimmage. Coach got a scrimmage, too. So coach just going to work from his spots and be talking y'all through things. He ain't going to take it in the post. He got y'all all by foot. Man, he played college. He's 6'3". He was a guard in college. We all 5'2". We trying to get there. So why would he go blame the post? Can't nobody get better that way? 
<laughs> Unless we need to, which is well, what Jokic did to my man Bam. That's what I was about to say. Apparently, at the end of the first half, one of the kids must have had something to say. Yeah. But in the second half, <laughs> Coach Wilson decided to come out there and put that rump on them boys and show them what time it was. I just got a vision of Jokic doing that that high step back down that all bit that all old man do. He kicked that leg up and just start throwing that ass at you. And he was <laughs> doing that, man. He was throwing it. He was throwing it at um at Bam like they was in the club, man. Yo, and it yo, was a problem. You felt so bad for Bam. I did. I, I feel less bad for Bam this morning, but last night I felt so bad for Bam because Bam. What were is, you calling him last night, Dominic? I, I, I called him Lil Bam. <laughs> I called him Lil Bam. AKA Bam Bam. Yeah, 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 yeah. You called him Bam Bam. I called, I called him Bam him Bam. Bam. Yeah, because yeah. you demoted him to Bam Bam. Like he, <laughs> he, he downed to Bam Bam. And it's one of those things. He did. He looks a lot bigger playing against other people. Like I think this was necessary for people to understand that a significant part of this Jokic thing is that man is a giant. He is a giant, and he knows how to use all of his weight when he needs to. But he's not going to unless he has to. And that was when the little bam. Because when he was standing up at the high post, passing over his head, I had some like a little feeling, a little bam. But in the second half, when he decided to back Bam's ass underneath the basket. I was like, mm, there really ain't nothing y'all can do about that. <laughs> and then he's quite possibly the best passer in the league. Go ahead and help him out. I heard, um, was it Van Gundy saying, they got a double. They got a stun at him. Okay, so you can get an open three? <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. With the circumstances we're leading to Gabe Vincent try to guard Eric Gordon. Whose idea was that? They're just too big. And, like, when you got a little guy on a big guy, you hope that you have some advantage in athleticism. Nope. Aaron Gordon is a better athlete than Gabe and also twice his size. Yo, by the way, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. And this message really applies to everybody, generally speaking. But it is of particular interest to particular people i recognize that there are not very many people who are six foot 11 285 pounds there aren't however mr white man i feel like you can do that you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i mean i've said this many times before and i feel like i need to say it again white people have looked at basketball as something that they just can't do now for some reason like that level of humility has been lost when it come to rap. But here, <laughs> you know, this, this, like, like, I'm telling you, man, you can do this. Like, I feel I, like Yogi should make you feel like if I really, really, really just set my mind to this, I too should be able to do this. And what I think, like I said, I talked about this last night. Jokic is like Robert Parrish in the sense that Robert Parrish was like, I'm not going to expend any energy uh -huh. that I don't have to in order to play basketball. And I'm honestly a little surprised that while everybody want to be like Mike, I don't understand why people don't view this more attainable option of how about I figure out how to play basketball without ever leaving my feet. That that the problem there is you believe if you believe that's possible, you believe that it's a true meritocracy and you don't believe that the last name got something to do with it. So it's it's it reminds me of I remember coming out of college when like some friends who didn't play football was like, yeah, my resume, I'm going to put a white person's name. Cause that's gonna get me called. That's gonna get me an interview. So Marquan turned mm -hmm. into Mark. 
mm-hmm. Mark Thomas, because it's going to get you an interview. That's the same thing with white Americans. If you don't got some extra consonants in your last name, ah. don't nobody believe you can hoop. You better <laughs> have come from somewhere else because they be like, oh, man, no, nah, your name is Thomas Jones. Nah, <laughs> we'll, we'll pass on that. Oh, Jokic, where are you from? Yo. Over there. But you know what makes it interesting now that I think about it? As you look around and take like a survey around the NBA, it's probably more unathletic black dudes in the NBA than it is unathletic white dudes because I feel like they just writing them off. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess Duncan Rob, you get like a Duncan Robinson, but like yeah. I don't feel like Tyler Hero's unathletic. I just feel nah. like Tyler Hero can't play defense, right? Cody Zeller, if you remember young Cody Zeller, Cody Zeller was entirely here based on athleticism. That's the only reason anybody knows his name. Don't let the balding thing that has happened to him fool you uh, if you were not aware. He runs like deer, jumps real high. That's how he got himself into the NBA. Because if the white dude is not athletic, they dismissing him. Uh, I don't rem- like I was uh, Christian Brown, one of mm-hmm. the Denver pair, depending upon how you look at it, either brown and browner or brown and brownish. Um that boy got ups, you know, yeah. like he is a, he is an athlete. I'm just uh-huh. saying it can be done. Do not let the fact that you can't jump stop you. You just got to figure out some like cagey tricks. <laughs> some cagey tricks. I mean, also be 6'11 and also be able to shoot without jumping it's, over it's, outstretched it, hands. And it's this. It's the brain, yeah. right? And all yeah. I'm saying is I done spent my whole life with people trying to tell me how smart <laughs> white people are and everything, especially when it comes to sports. Uh, they, they got these big old brains that unfortunately they naturally unathletic bodies can't put on the road, right? Ah, uh-uh, not true, not true. I have just seen it, right? Like Yogis, Yogis tearing down that wing of supremacy right there. Because it's proof that if you if if the white man's brain was that much better, yeah. it'd be white boys out there doing what he do right now. He sees through the defense. That man got X-ray. Vision. Oh, he's so good. It is so <laughs> impressive, and. A thing that that stands out is the ability to do it all the time, every time. And so, like, even great passers have games where uh, you don't see nothing that jump out at you. I don't remember a Jokic game where I ain't seen one or two passes that was like, damn. You know, like, he he does it every single game. And it'd be simple. It's like, did you see, I've seen the second half, he's got the ball on the right block. And he's... I think he's going toward the middle. Double team comes. As the double comes, he spins baseline, like gets his elbow around, so he's won the matchup. It looks like, okay, time for the hook shot. And then he just stops. Oh, two-hand pass to my man, whoever it was. I think it was Michael Porter, standing wide open for three. Just just right there. And it was just like, like it wasn't like no flash and dads. It wasn't yeah. a whole lot of razzle-dazzle about it. It was just like, oh, look over there, open man. Gotcha. Yeah. It's it's that thing that, I mean, I don't think I started seeing this until like I started watching LeBron more carefully where it's he knows what you're going to do. It's, it's quarterback stuff. It's like you walk up to the line of scrimmage and you're like, all right, I know if this guy comes, then this guy's going to have to replace, which is going to leave this guy wide open. And you have to know all that before it happens. Otherwise, nobody's brain moves that fast. Jokic is doing the same thing where he is, all right, this is what's happening right here. I'm going to go to this spot. If this happens, then that'll open up. Then this person will be open. He has to see it before it happens. Otherwise, I mean, maybe he's that special that it all happens that quickly. But it's, it would suggest that's something that you could learn. 
Back to your original point. Saying, Why the rest of y'all saying. ain't doing that's this? That's all I'm saying. Give it a try. <laughs> Kids out here thinking they could be mother Stephen Curry trying to shoot no. 45 footers. No, 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 no. You can't. It's fine. It feels more attainable to me. It does, but you also need people to shoot, and it's the threat to score because that's also the thing that Jokic has. Is yeah, he gets it to a wide open person, and I'm not sure that shooting over that double team wasn't a high percentage shot for that big man. No, that's it's just fun to watch America get a load of this and be like, You was on it first. And yeah. I, I I feel I feel like I'm a little late to the party, but I think because I've been talking to you for a long time, I got a little bit of a ticket to say, told y'all. Yo, but you know what step in this Jokic also kind of skipped that I think is when people start talking about the visibility of the team and everything else. And I think it's lazy to people like, the problem is the Nuggets aren't that interesting. Yes, but the question as to why they're not that interesting, and it's not about Jokic and his personality. It's not about stories and drama. It's about the fact that after they went to the conference finals in the bubble, they were decimated for two years, which means we didn't get to see the struggle, right? Like we didn't get to have that. They're coming off the Western Conference finals. Oh, and now they started the season 23 and five or whatever it is, you know, and then like keep following it and going with it. We didn't get that part. Like normally you have to take that time to get familiar with people. With the Warriors, they came off that year where they lost in seven, but we had seen them go to the second round the year before. Then they lost in seven to the Clippers. And then they just came out like, oh my goodness, gangbusters. But they had Steph Curry. We'd known Steph Curry since 2008. We just, because of those injuries, we didn't get the typical narrative arc that we get with a team like this so that by this time, we would be talking about Denver like we talked about, say, the Mavericks in 2011 because with Dirk, we got to see them go to the finals, basically be like five seconds up for going, being up 3-0, then have the embarrassing 07 season, um, 08, where Dirk got his jaw tapped. 09, where, oh boy, Dirk had that tabloid situation. I don't know if y'all remember when he got dirt, but we had that. You know what I mean? But we had like, we had a process to get familiar. And then at the end, it was like, yo, Dirk overcame and it was the heat and all of that stuff. We didn't get that with Denver. For a lot yeah. of people, they just looked up and like the years that it normally takes to prove it, they did, but didn't at the same yeah. time. Uh, I mean, even with the, current version of the the Mavericks we've seen them get deep in the finals before and then they come into the next season with some level of expectation I think that's also what it boils down to is we're not going to watch you unless you got some level of expectation which normally comes from a year where you overachieve you get deep into the playoffs and we're like oh all right we'll see so next year it's going to be the Kings we're going to watch the Kings ass all year next year and if De'Aaron Fox is balling or Sabonis is balling, they're going to elevate to a level of stardom that we didn't anticipate. And so when we had that year for Jokic, then the following year, we was like, ah, everybody hurt. We ain't going to watch y'all. We don't care. And then they popped up and was like, nah, we as good as it gets in the NBA. And I do think it has something to do with the highlights, too. Because watching Steph shoot off-balance 35-footers like they were good shots is very different than – uh, a no look pass, right? But Dominique, I sent you that video of all them clips. Yeah. Like he don't do it like he used to no more. But going behind the back on people in full court and everything else, like the stuff is there. Like that's why to it, me, it just I just think there's a lot going on, and it takes a lot for people to get familiar enough with something yeah. 
to That's know fair. that the, and to get a Because I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying these. Like uh, for anybody who said that this was going to be a bad finals, like maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's not going to be competitive, but I'm enjoying these finals and I've been enjoying these Denver games as much as I enjoy any basketball game based on the quality. I think it's unfair probably to compare them to Steph because Steph was one of a kind because he was doing what he never seen before. Yeah, that's different. Like Jokic is making incredible passes, but they're the style of passes we've seen before. And Steph was like shooting from a distance in a way we had never seen before. And we knew him. Yeah. Like, I don't think. And his the, dad. Yeah. The, but the value of that 08 tournament run in particular. Yeah, that's fair. You know, like that was we had already seen him do the miracle thing. Like mm-hmm. nothing that he does in the NBA will ever be as impressive as he was. Having them boys one shot from making the final four, remembering that they almost beat the eventual national championship in that game. And Davidson put how many people from that team in the league? I mean, the the league of uh, <laughs> investment bankers. <laughs> Extraordinary gentlemen. A lot say, of them. <laughs> the, the CPAA is that the league <laughs> that we are talking about that they that they sent those guys to? But mm-hmm. I mean. I do see from what I can tell, and I'm not thinking like I'm curious what the big ratings numbers will be on this series. Just curious, not as a reflection mm-hmm. too much. Like I think the, the NBA did really well in terms of getting back viewership that they had lost over the last couple of years, which had become a legitimate problem. Right. I think they got a lot of those people back. But I'm curious just to see how much people are going to enjoy the basketball that they're watching, because I think that's the part with Denver that it is a fun brand ball that they got in large part because they got three legitimately fun starters. Then yep. you got like Bruce Brown, who's like off the bench fun. Yeah, he was pulling from deep. He he had uh, heat check moments in that game that are always fun, no matter who they are, if they go in or not. But yeah, and I, I think the one person I've been kind of singing their praises all season is Michael Porter Jr. And like, I, there's reason to be critical of him in his play for a lot of different reasons. And he didn't even shoot well last night, but he's special. He's just a special athlete. He's bigger than Bam. He's after two back things. Who shot was that, that he beat off the glass? (laughs) He let him go by and was just like, that's what I was like. Oh boy, you boys got problems here. (laughs) Those dominating moments where it's just like, uh, I don't know where it just feels like, Oh, this ain't fair. Where somebody like like you see it often in a block. It's like those extra aggressive moments where it's like, oh no, nah, that ain't right. You beat it off the glass. I saw Jabal Murray on like within a span of like three possessions get two odd vert two hand dunks. Yeah, because it and just I, worked out that way. And I saw Jamal Murray block Bam, which was a frustrating moment for me. I'm I've been a Bam defender. Same. I, yeah, but. That was the time where I felt what everyone else feels about him. Like people complain about Bam not being aggressive offensively. He shot a zillion times, but I saw him like two hand, like jump towards the back with two hand, like he was going to dunk and then adjust it because Jamal Murray flew across. And I was like, man, you were supposed to eat right there. <laughs> Bruh, I said that I take Bam over Carl Anthony Towns, which yeah. of course made a lot of people upset. And my only argument is no matter what side of the argument you are on, you can't be upset if somebody would go the other way against that person after what you have perhaps seen most recently. I mean, Bam was looking rough against the Celtics. Rough, I tell you. You know, this one, 
what he's supposed to do, man. Yeah, this one is not fair. I, I mean, just dunk on Jamal Murray when you get the chance. That's all I want. <laughs> he had a real strong dunk later on when nobody was under there, but that was like, I don't know. I feel like I would have been excited. I know if I'm uh, guarding Chad Johnson all game, oh, if I find myself on a slot receiver for a snap, I'm squatting on that route. Like, oh, and that's, that's what I felt about uh, about Bam in that moment. It was like, hey, you got the other dude. Kill him. Like, <laughs> this is your moment to assert your masculinity. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Jimmy Butler is existing in a very interesting space now um, because, I mean, he's certified. He's, this postseason has certified him. But he is in that space, and I think it's in part because we know about the wear and tear of the injuries and everything else. But he has gotten to that point of the benefit of the doubt where he's had a fairly decent run and not-so-great games. But when he does show up, that's the part that matters. He shows up when it counts. He's become a shows up when it counts guy. And you know what? Uh, what was that? Was that game six against the Celtics? Yep. He was that guy. He showed up when it counts. I got to hate. We did not get to do anything because it was wrapped around Memorial Day about that game six. Yeah. I like, I almost just, I just want people to hear on the record this fun story that you'll appreciate about the way the game six went. So at some point during the game, at the end, I called Vinny because it was just all so crazy what was going on. But what Vinny had to remind me of, my TV it gets the gets the stuff much faster than his TV does. So I watched, I was like, okay, cool, let me get off the phone. So I watched the end of that game with the Derek White tip just sitting there waiting. My phone's about to ring, and you're never going to believe what just happened. It was like I got to go to the future, right? Like, oh, wait till you see. Wait till you see. And then the boys came out in game seven. It was like, normally when people cheat death, they change everything around. Mm -mm. No, they can't help it. They are who they are. And the Jimmy Butler free throw, that's the one thing about the Derek White uh, tip that, like, stole something from us. Because the Derek White tip is something that we're not going to remember now because – they got Molly whopped in game seven. And those Jimmy Butler free throws are something that we're not going to remember now because Derek White's stupid ass tip. And now what we're going to remember is a blowout in game seven in Boston, which is not nearly as fun as either one of those things being the lasting memory. So you just prolonged it. Hey, maybe we won't remember a blowout because Monty Williams just got dog walked out the playoffs this year after getting dog walked out the playoffs 
the year before after having two consecutive seasons of having two old leads and getting tossed out of the playoffs. And that man turned up with the biggest coaching contract of all time. And I just feel like there's going to be something that comes up about coaching and it's going to involve race and it might involve racism. And I'm already saying in advance, when you pull out Monty Williams, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I really don't. A man who made a lot of his money off private prisons. Oh, God. You know, they got like phone calls with the prisons, I believe is where Tom Gorse's money was in. And, and he went and got Monty Williams. And I think we'd all, well, most of us would agree, Monty Williams appears to be a good coach. There isn't any real evidence that he is a great coach. He just made all his partners so much money. I can't imagine how mad some of these other owners have to be after that happened. I want to know what Nick Nurse got. Because if Nick Nurse hadn't actually signed that contract before Monty Williams got $12 million, $13 million a year, whatever it was, whoo, boy, Nick Nurse be like, yo, price of the brick going up, yo. 30 more. There's so many things in this world that I don't know anything about and I'm learning more and more about later. Um, I, I had like coffee with one of my neighbors yesterday and he was telling me about one of his friends who sold a company that was worth uh, a, a whole lot of money. It's like, what did he do? He said that he he um, put washers and dryers in the basement of apartment buildings and then expanded his company to um the quarter operated uh, vacuums at gas stations and like sold his company for nine figures. That ain't fair. Like, I didn't even know you could do that. And that's how I feel like phone time in private prisons or not private prisons, but phone time at prisons can get you to the point where you can buy teams. And the other thing was like, you know what? I used to think when I was growing up that being good, at something was the most important thing or being smart was the most important thing. Again, as I get older, I realize that it's relationships and I that know. is how Monty got there. It's gotta be. It's gotta it's be. I don't even, I don't even know it's about relationships. I don't know if he know nobody up there. I gotta get this seat. Here's the thing. He, I have no evidence to indicate he know the man cutting the check. I don't like, know that he know that man, but he knows somebody. Basketball is just, it's so insular, and they are like I hear recycle you. these people. I hear you, but I don't even know if I, I. This is I don't know what none of this makes any. I think the only thing that I can say that puts me in line with like what does or doesn't make sense is these owners are so rich now uh-huh. that getting out from under this contract, if the time comes, will not be difficult. Like Tom Gores has so much money. That, oh, wow, I got to burn $12 million because I, I promised it to Monty Williams. Like, if they stink to high heaven in two years, they'll probably still fire him. They got the money. They got the wherewithal to do it. God knows how much the Sixers owe Doc Rivers, right? Like, Doc Rivers wasn't working for cheap, I am certain, over there. So, I think that's the biggest thing. The coach money, and you and I were talking about this briefly, quietly. And nobody talks about it because there is no salary cap. It doesn't affect anything in line with competition. Coach salaries have really, really jumped. Like, I know I think Bill Belichick is reported to make in the 20-something million dollar a year range. I think Sean Payton is getting something in that ballpark 
Um, I w- I would expect that Greg Popovich is making something near $20 million and they're not even good anymore. Like these dudes are out here getting the bag. And if Monty Williams can yeah. get the money that he's getting, whoo, boy, there's a whole bunch of cats just licking H ops. Well, maybe it's not about relationships, but it's about something that ain't merit. And that to me is something that I didn't know until recently. And that's something that I will be teaching my kids. Hey, kids, hit these books real hard, but make friends, too, because there's something about being at the right place or the right perception. Or maybe it's about spinning a story, being able to tell a story in the room. I don't know what it's about, but it ain't about merit. If these are the contracts that is popping up for some of these people. Hold on. Now, to be fair here, I'm looking at something here on the Googs. Um. And it says Monty Williams, whose salary is like some tick over Popovich's. Like it's like the agent went in and said, "Make me the highest paid coach." It's almost it almost sounds like Monty didn't want the job. They're like, "What do we got to take to give to?" Him? Well, what if you make him the highest paid? In fact, this this has to be what happened because what I'm looking at says that Monty Williams' salary is thirteen point oh five, where Popovich's is thirteen flat. Mm-hmm. It really sounds like the only way he'll take this job is if you make money the highest paid coach in the NBA. They're like, done. He's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, no, here, here we go. This is according to Yahoo. Monty's at 13.05. Pops at 11.05. Kerr's at 9.05. Spoh's at 8.05. And then we get down to Rick Carlisle at seven and a quarter. Um, what that tells me is that if Steve Kerr wants all the bread, somebody going to give it to him. Were they cleaning money? Like, I don't know what you do. I'm trying to figure it out because ain't, ain't no reason to pay. Money was could, could not have been driving a hard bargain. I don't care what you say. Like, how you do that? They must have been like, all right, look, we're going to pay you six, but we're going to pay you 13. And then you're going you're gonna to put that, get that back to me. And then that's clean money. Like, that's that makes sense to me because hiring him to make him the highest paid coach does not. And I don't mean no disrespect. I'm not saying he's not supposed to have a job. He can have a job, but it's quite confusing that he is making more than the names that you just mentioned, given what has happened. His team just mailed it in on him again. And he had beef with uh, Aiton, which was a problem. They came up short. They, they were expected to win last year. And I guess the injuries popped up, but that always is an issue. Again, this year, they... This year, I have more sympathy for them, given what they were trying to accomplish against the Nuggets with a big midseason trade. But again, like he he don't got a championship. He got to the finals and was up 2-0 and lost like that normally don't. I don't know. I guess I just and again, I don't know. I'm not a great like NBA basketball coach evaluator, but the people who we think are don't talk about money like that. People like money. Yeah. They think he's a real good dude. Something that is worth considering. Just because somebody a real good dude don't mean he yo kind of dude. Yeah. And I am not certain that his brand of real good dude works for everybody. Right. And I I wonder how much of that is what's going on in Phoenix. Because for him to be the super good dude, they ain't seem to want it for him. What's the expectation for that team? 
for Detroit. Yeah. So the six-year contract is the kind of contract you have to give when you've demonstrated that you are not staying. After that, not really sure. I mean, they got players. They got, uh, what they get? Jaden Ivey. They got Kay Cunningham. Uh, didn't they trade Sadiq Bay? Well, guess who just ran out of Detroit Pistons, guys? <laughs> exactly. That's more than most people could have named. Um, yeah, that, I, I a- gonna be, I'm going to be honest with you. Sadiq Bay jumps out because uh, me and Mike Smith were at Summer League. I want to say last year, and some dude came up to us and talked to us like we like he knew us, but that happened, so we just kind of rolled with it. And he's like, "I'm Sadiq's daddy," and I'm like, "Raphael Sadiq? When <laughs> when did when did we when 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 did we get a one named Sadiq in the NBA? I mean, I assumed it was Sadiq Bay because he was the only one that I could think of, but your son is not a one named star, big homie." <laughs> Oh man. Oh yeah, they got they they had that trade for Wiseman. Ah. Oh, they also have Marvin Bagley. Wow, yeah, they're getting Bagley. everyone's num- underachieving number 2 picks. Yeah. So what are the expectations for that team? Alec yeah. Burks still in the league. Corey Joseph still in the league. I did not realize this team had so many up-and-comers and still in the leaguers at the same time. And uh Thirteen million dollar coach, so championship. Rodney Magruder. Rodney, yeah. <laughs> I can't he hear Rodney Magruder's name and not think about how Draymond. Well, I guess that was Clay, who was like Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better to be or funnier than a fed up Clay, because <laughs> he says all in the same voice. Like you can tell he's heated, uh, but it's not like it's the worst kind. Because like people like me, whose voices carry, I can't get heated. It doesn't work, right? Cat like that could be as heated as he wants to be because that's just how his voice works. They got the fifth pick in the draft, and I believe that we're looking at a three-player draft this year is what I've been hearing, right? It sounds like a three-player draft. Yeah, so. I mean, it sounds like a one-player draft Yeah, with a couple of pretty heavy-duty opening acts. Yeah, this is a one-player draft. Oh, man. Yo, you know what would be cool? If they could do the draft where they did the draft in advance and kept the results secret like they do with the lottery, mm-hmm. and then when they announce the draft picks, they do it in reverse order. That'd be cool. It would be um, not much of a surprise this year, though. No, but that's the thing. The, it becomes a coronation. Yeah. Rather than he just comes out there, whatever. Like you could do it all big. You you could make it a big deal or whatever it is. I think that that's something that they could look into. It would help perhaps improve your ratings as the stuff goes on. The only thing is, of course, that would stink for the number one pick who has grown accustomed to getting there, putting his cap on, dapping up, and taking it back to the shack. Get ready for <laughs> get ready for the party before the flight. That is a weird entertainment property that starts at the climax. It just gets less interested <laughs> as it goes on. <laughs> like hey. You got to be here for the start. Yeah, we're just going to go down to names you don't know and teams you don't care about. Yeah, the NBA, the NBA draft is slowly becoming like the baseball draft where you don't know who any of the people are. Yeah. like yeah. When they decided they were going to put the baseball draft on TV, I'm like, I don't know why. Nobody know who these people are. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening to the NBA draft. After Big Vic, I don't know who none of these dudes are. Don't nobody know who going in the NFL draft either at a certain no, point. No, I disagree, though. So... 
I mean, like if you're going into the NFL draft, say this year's NFL draft, people don't know who the third, fourth, fifth round picks are, but they know who Bryce Young is. Yeah, they know who CJ Stroud is. Um, they know like they eventually got to know who uh, Anthony Richardson is because the NFL is four months to promote his draft. The NBA basically has two weeks. And so now we're at a point, it used to be, I knew who college basketball players were. Right. They were stars. They were people that we were all aware of. And that's the part that's not the case anymore. In fact, if they stayed in college long enough for you to be familiar with them, you could almost guarantee ain't nobody trying to draft them. <clears throat> I saw a highlight of Jimifer Dett balling in the three-on-three FIBA championship. <laughs> it's like, Yo, yeah. That's, that's what guys. he was born for. Yeah. Like, like he, he, he had been a hoop it up all-star. Did you play hoop it up? I did. No, nah, I didn't, because by the time I was, like, old enough to really do that, my knees were not oh, uh, yeah. in that. Was you and a bunch of football players just out there being athletic? Nah, I played with uh, a long time ago when, I don't know, me and my brother, I was, like, in middle school. I think my brother was, like, in ninth grade, and my dad was on the team, too. So that averaged us out to be playing with a bunch of dudes that was in their prime. Oh, I'm sorry. Regular dudes was in their prime. I was still giving them work. <laughs> I missed the game winner to go to the championship, but we had a good time. Now, were you a player or an athlete? An athlete. <laughs> yeah. So I was still a better athlete than a lot of those grown ass men, which was good enough to get past because we weren't like in the super competitive league. It was like a bunch of 20 and 30 year olds who who got real jobs, who, who only go to the gym uh, two, three times a month. Mm -hmm. So we were competitive with them. Hey man, did you uh I'm I'm saying this like it's a mystery. I obviously know that you saw this. Nick Nurse being entirely unprepared to answer a very simple question. Um about do you do you want James Harden back? Ooh. Woo! Man. Um it's funny you should ask. Yeah. Um you know, he should have just hit him back with um I got to watch the film. The man said, "Pardon me?" Uh, and then he asked the question again, and he was like, um, well, James Hart is a great player. It is the worst thing that you could do in that moment. I was shocked and disappointed in him. I guess I shouldn't have been shocked because I see it happen all the time where, I mean, I guess maybe there is no preparation for a, an introductory press conference, but I would assume that at this level, you have already thought through, like I would, I would think through the questions I was going to receive. And be ready for the hard ones. But it's I guess somebody's we, job to tell him that if he hadn't thought of it himself. And even if no one told him that, that seemed like an easy lie. That's one that should roll off the tongue because you know what the answer to that is. Uh, you know, like, was you at your ex-girlfriend's house? No, is the answer to that question. You only I don't need no time to think about it. I don't need to say pardon me. No matter what the the question was, the answer is no. I gained nothing. By telling you the truth at this moment. And the same is true for Nick Nurse. You gain nothing by showing that this is something that you are thinking about. Yes, I want him back. I love him. We're going to figure it out. And then if it don't work out, like, I wanted him, but it did work out. We couldn't come to terms. Now you got this horrible foolishness hanging over you where it's like James Harden is, is at home watching this interview where this man who came in who really ain't, I mean, he won a championship, but... He ain't nothing like special. It's talking about you like you ain't special. Well, this is what I could be wrong here. But what I feel like I have learned from the last 10 years of free agency with the LeBrons and the Kevin Durant's and all these people of the world. Okay. 
this decision been made. Yeah. Wherever James Harden is going to go, he is going to, like, for a guy like that, yeah. that decision has been made. If he going to Houston, it's because he has already decided he's going to Houston. There ain't going to be no sway in him. Where I read that from Nick Nurse is, it sounds like James Harden basically in so many ways done told them right. it's a wrap. Like, you know, you heard the story about how when Pat Riley knew that LeBron wasn't coming back to Miami. Yeah. When he came to meet with LeBron in Vegas, and wasn't nobody there but LeBron. <laughs> Nothing to talk about. He was like, oh, okay, this is a wrap. Like, this, yeah. is, this, this isn't going to happen. Could have told me that over the phone. <laughs> be in Vegas, my old last doing in Vegas. Yeah, you know, we gonna celebrate. Don't invite me to Vegas for for bad news, right? Like, come on, man. You do, you do. He just wanted to after four years of getting flexed on by Pat. I think he just said he just wanted to have his one time to be like, who the Godfather now? And blame him. He had his chance, but no, nah, that that whole situation. At what point does Joel ask out? You think that's gonna happen? I have been, I said coming into last year when it looked like they were trying to run the James Harden offense and not the Joel Embiid offense. And I was like, look, it's time to go. Yeah. Like it is, if if it is time to go, if this is what they're going to do, why are you still here? Why do you still want to be there? Um, I would not be surprised to see him ask out. Um, maybe he doesn't, all right? I'd also be wary of taking him. Yeah. If he's out there. Because the thing I think that gets lost about Embiid also and part of why I think the playoffs don't work as well for him, he uses a lot of possessions in the regular season, like in the 38% range, which is an incredibly high number. He uses a lot of possessions. And in the postseason, they can stop him from getting the ball. They can get the ball out of his hands. He just doesn't get access to as many possessions as he had before. Like, I don't know if his particular game is – is. I'm not on the you can't build around a center. Right. Though I guess if you can't build around that center, other than Jokic, it's fair to ask what center you can build around. It's – yeah, it's it's a question of risk for uh, Joel Embiid. I'd be nervous about it because he looks spent every postseason, and he's 29, which is like considering how little we've seen him play is they took so long to get him adjusted and ready. Like he is getting close to, if not, yeah, that's not fair, but he is getting close to the downslope of his career, and I'm not sure that he has a style of play that is going to continue to be valuable as he goes forward. So. This is if you go after Joel Embiid, you are completely mortgaging your future. You're gonna have to win a championship this year or next year. I watched somebody trade four first round picks and a bunch of players for Rudy Gobert. That was ridiculous, and it was a trade much like the Westbrook edition in L.A. We all knew it was a bad idea when it happened. We tried to talk our way. I mean, I did. I was like, I can kind of see what you're trying to. No, do. I remember you said the only reason why you would bring him in is if you planning on moving, if you plan on moving cat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember clearly. Also bad. I tried after that, but you're right. Like, this is this only makes no sense. By the way, it's not too late. It's not. It's not like it's too late to try to move Rudy Gobert. Not too late to try to get Carl Towns out of there, guys. I mean, I guess that's that's the long term strategy. You can get all those picks back. It's one of those situations where you have to put a, a few deals together to make the first deal make sense. But the first deal did not make sense. And yeah, if you're going to move all that stuff for and I guess it gets harder to move players now um, once we go into a new CBA. At least that's how I understand it. It's a lot easier to keep your players, but it's a lot harder to trade players uh, and move them around. So. I don't know. Yeah, gonna it's going to be weird to see how that all plays out. Yeah. 
like I was I was talking about this with David Dennis the other day and kind of you know I was watching something that uh Simmons and Russillo did about the different aprons in the next CBA and everything else. I don't I think the league might shot themselves all just might shot themselves in foot in yeah. you know what these things are gonna be for moving teams and trying you know moving players and trying to get stuff around because you want to be able to keep the stars in place, certainly, but the mobility of the guys below matters. It matters a lot. And one thing the NBA doesn't have, like the the NFL has in a way the NBA does not, which is the NBA cap never forces you to get worse. Yeah. And in fact, it, it's, it, it they come up with all kinds of little cute ways that you can get better. The NFL cap is built for you to get up to a point, and now you have to get worse. Yeah, you know, take the Rams for example, right? Like you're, you have no other option going into next season. There's going to be some winners. There's going to be some losers. The NBA hasn't worked that way, and that was okay. That's cool. And the NFL, like, as fewer teams as a percentage make it to the playoffs, so yes. the end of your season looks a lot different than the end of uh, uh, NBA season. So, like, a lot of teams think they're better than they are. We made the playoffs, and then mess around, win a couple games against a higher seed. Oh, we just one step away, which incentivizes you to make some more bad decisions. <laughs> and I, I also like, I had a conversation with Mike Schur about um, the way that, uh, the way that the business shapes the art. And I went back to the sports and talked about how different CBA mechanisms shape the way that we look back on history. And so like, we'll look back at an era of basketball and just talk about the basketball and not appreciate that the CBA mechanisms kind of created that. So like the super team era is a function of max contracts in my view. And a lot of these teams that stay on the, the like mediocre to bad station forever. And you feel like there's no way you can get out. It's also a function of max contracts because there, if there were no max contracts, then a player could not request that max contract who is not a max player. And as somebody who lives in D.C., like we've seen it a number of times where it's like, hey, John Wall is our best player. Guess we're going to give him a max contract. And you know what that means? That means if John Wall is taking up the same percentage of the cap as, I don't know, Steph Curry, LeBron James, James Harden, and he's not as good, Kevin Durant, and he's not as good as those players, then you can only afford to put the same quality of player around John Wall that you can put around LeBron James. You don't have no damn chance. Then they do the same thing with Bradley Beal. You don't have no damn chance. But if you rem remove the max contract situation, then LeBron James going to get a much bigger portion of the cap. John Wall going to get a smaller portion of the cap. Bradley Beal get a smaller portion of cap and then you can build a different type of team like all right we're gonna be real good at every spot <laughs> and yeah. this is how we're gonna play as opposed to we're gonna be great at this spot and put a bunch of pieces around I tell you this though I would love for them to get rid of the max contract just so we can see an application what these cats are actually worth yeah right like if you get rid of the max contract and you had to get rid of a lot of luxury tax provisions but mm -hmm. if you get rid of the max contract and keep the bird rights as they had been for most of my childhood, where you can just, you know, my, Michael Jordan got $30 million a year in 1998, right? Yep. Like if you know, if you had it set up in that way, I would love to get our chance to see this. Cause look, Celtics gonna have to pay Jalen Brown $60 million a year. It only sounds ridiculous truly in the context of the max contract, because what that means and the enthusiasm with which the Celtics will give him that $60 million a year. What that tells us is even Jalen Brown is probably worth, 80 85 million dollars a year yep yep we had a conversation on the podcast me and charlie about how this is going to impact it and i feel like there was always there was never a question in the past 
if you had a good player who was coming up, you extended him because you can't lose the asset and it was easy to move guys. So like, all right, we're not going to use for nothing. We'll just move you. Like all the contracts that we said were bad and untradeable got traded eventually. The way that things work now, it's going to be damn near impossible to trade some of these guys. So like, do you actually want to be committed to the, like, would you rather lose the asset and maintain your flexibility? Which I know in the long run, you're looking for a player that's as good as Jalen Brown, but as good as Jalen Brown in different ways would be nice. Yeah, but the thing is, in football, you can get five dudes that are as good as three. Yeah. Five dudes that are as good as two. Uh-huh. Basketball, it, you some of them cats, you can't get seven dudes that's as good as one of them. The issue is, we're talking about Jalen Brown. Yeah. And what that's, they he can't dribble. Yeah, that's tough. Can you get that kind of money to somebody that can't dribble? And the answer is, what else are you going to do? <laughs> That's always the answer when you talk about quarterbacks in football, too. It's like, but he ain't great. What else you going to do? <laughs> Kirk Cousins out here. I ain't great. I can't hear you. And <laughs> your girl on the passenger side of me flashing your money. Like, he just paid, man. Like, just, just, just paid. Oh, man. I love it. Good for Kirk Cousins and yeah. good for Bradley Beal. Good yeah. for all these players who are uh, getting their contracts boosted because of the situation. That is Dominique Fosworth. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. And, of course, check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show, available wherever you get in this podcast. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Now, this is normally the time we ask for voicemails for Monday's show, but Monday's the live show in New York City with Dominique. So in lieu of voicemails, we'll have a question and answer session brought to you by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel any time. Adi Khan, Dan Stancic, Parker Owens, handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.